0: So when that pastor asked me, Scott, if you'd have died in that car wreck, would you have gone to heaven or hell? The right answer would have been, I would have gone to hell because I wasn't a Christian. I thought I was, but I wasn't. You're listening to the first session of Summer Camp. Where Pastor Scott shares his personal testimony with us about God's grace in his life. This kicks off the weekend where Pastor Scott will be bringing the students through a study of becoming imitators through 1 Thessalonians 1. Enjoy. Hi guys. Hey. Hello. Thank you uh, thank you Roy for that very kind, kind, gracious introduction. This thing should twist, shouldn't it? There we go. Um, it's good to be with you. Uh, this is an unexpected privilege uh, to be able to be with you for summer camp. It it's a it really is a joy for me to be able to do this. To be asked to do it, uh, I did not expect it. I I, I don't think that um, you know. I just it's a privilege. And the reason why it is is because i don't get a chance to spend time with you guys I, I sat at some ladies' tables tonight a uh, ladies' table tonight for dinner thank you thank you um, set they let me sit at the table uh, tonight for dinner so got to learn more about you guys and uh, just get to know you a little bit and so thank you for that uh, I'll try to do that i'll try to uh, sit at different tables uh, just so that I can get to know you a little bit and uh, just thank you for. Uh, for being kind in that way. Uh, you you really have a very distinct privilege of being in a church that teaches you the Bible to be under Pastor Roy, uh, whose desire is that you understand the gospel, that you understand who God is, that you understand uh, what life is all about, that you go to the proper source for understanding that. And so, to be able to have that, to be able to have parents who teach you uh, about God and who love you is really a privilege. Not, not everybody does. And I was one of those people that uh, really, our home wasn't about Christianity, our home wasn't about church, uh, I didn't understand the gospel, I didn't know what it was. Well, I take that back, I, I, I knew facts. But I didn't understand what those facts meant and how to apply it. Uh, From what I understand I'm supposed to do tonight, I'm supposed to share my testimony with you and then share a passage of Scripture that really kind of encapsulates how I came to know the Lord. But um, I am 57 years old, and that, believe it or not, you might think, man, that's really old. Uh, But I have a tendency to think that old is my parents' age. So I don't feel old. I really don't. Uh, Some people are saying, you know, uh, congratulations, grandpa. I don't feel like a grandpa. You know, I feel like I'm, you know, mid thirties or something like that, but I'm not. And so, uh, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, I guess I feel younger than I am, but it's good to be able to be with you to be able to talk to you about how God changed me and you need to understand it was him that changed me. It wasn't me that changed me. Uh, I was nothing more than a sinner that was on my way to destruction and God rescued me and he showed me mercy. I was uh, I was born in 1964, which that sounds like a long time ago, doesn't it? Well, you guys were probably born in what? 2005, <laughs> 2010. 2010. <laughs> Great, All right, that's enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, whenever I, whenever I was born, I was uh, I have a, I have one brother. Uh, he's two years younger than me, so I'm the oldest. There were two of us, uh, and then. My dad later remarried, and uh, i have so my, i have a fifty five year old brother and I have a thirty seven year old sister so I was twenty years old whenever she was born she 's a half sister um, My mom and dad we li- we lived in Jacksonville, Florida, if you know where Jacksonville is. my dad was a construction worker my parents divorced whenever I was five years old, and so that, That was probably one of the most traumatic things for me because, you know, whenever your parents divorce, some kids think it's their fault. I mean, I did. I thought that I had done something in some way to kind of instigate that or that it was my fault. And, you know, there just wasn't much stability in my home. Both my mom and dad had been married six times each. And uh, so you just realize that that's a lot of getting married and getting divorced. And so whenever I grew up, I didn't, I didn't have a stable family. My mom was a single parent. She was working uh, in order to support us and then getting married and then getting divorced and then getting remarried. And so uh, it was a very unstable life growing up. Um, in school, it came kind of easy to me, but I really didn't apply myself. Uh, So I didn't have someone telling me, hey, make sure that you do your homework. Hey, you know, what are you thinking about? What do you want to do with your life? And so if your parents are engaged in that and doing that, that's a blessing to be able to have them do that. But I kind of grew up just kind of doing my own thing and just trying to be happy in life and trying to kind of figure these things out. Uh, That was my purpose was really just to be happy. The only link to Christianity was my grandmother uh, who was a Christian. She was the only one in our family. And so she would take me to church once in a while whenever I would go to be with my dad every other weekend. Uh, She would sometimes take us to church. She took me to vacation Bible school at a Southern Baptist church. I learned John 3.16. Uh, That's about what I knew about the Bible. And so uh, aside from that, I was given a King James Bible, and I realized that... um, I I didn't understand it. That's what I realized is that if I tried to read the Bible I didn't understand it and so uh, I just really didn't have a lot of time for God. Uh, At about the age of 12 we went to a church and it was a church where it was a independent Baptist church if you know anything about that and the guy hollered a lot. I mean he screamed and yelled and talked about hell and I got really scared and knew that I didn't want to go to hell and so I prayed a prayer uh, to to ask Jesus into my heart, and uh, later that afternoon we came back to church and I was baptized in a lake, and then we never went back to that church again. And so that was the extent of my Christianity, I didn't read my Bible, I didn't have anyone discipling me, we didn't go to church, there just really wasn't any kind of a difference whenever I was about 16 years old, uh, I went to another Baptist church and heard another message on hell and knew that I still didn't want to go there. And so I prayed a prayer to rededicate my life. Have you guys ever heard of that? Uh, So I I wanted to rededicate my life. But the problem was I had never dedicated my life to Christ in the first place. And so I left that church and never went back again to that church. And so I just kind of did my thing. I got out of high school and whenever I got out of high school, um, I started surfing. Uh, I, I wanted to surf. I lived uh, near the beach. I didn't live at the beach, but I wanted to surf, and so I had always wanted to, and so I started hanging out with some guys that started teaching me how to surf, and so I surfed, and I surfed, and I surfed, and I it became my life. In fact, I, I dropped out of college because I had a 1.6 GPA, Because I wouldn't go to class if the waves were good. And so I failed out of school. I quit. I got a job at nighttime as a waiter in order so that I could surf during the day. And then I was a waiter. I was in the barn restaurant business for seven years. And after I'd been waiting tables for a while, I, I started becoming a bartender. And I learned how to bartend. And then I went from bartending in a restaurant uh, to bartending in a nightclub. And so that was just kind of how my life was going. I was trying to be happy. Um, I was doing a lot of things. I mean, uh, I didn't have good friends who were, who were concerned about me and you know, and concerned about personal purity and those kind of things. There were just a lot of bad influences and, and my issue though was not my friends, it was my heart. I really wanted to do what would please me. And so uh, as this just kind of went on and on, I was very busy in life, but I was empty. And you know what was the strangest thing? Was I would lay awake at night, um, and I would think, I believed in God, I believed in Jesus, but I would would pray every night, because someone gave me a Bible track. You know what a Bible track is? They had these little things called Jack Chick tracks, Anybody know what a Jack Chick track is? A couple people. Anyway, they would talk about the gospel. And I knew the facts that Jesus died and that Jesus was buried and that Jesus rose again. I believed all that. And every night I would pray, Jesus, come into my heart and save me from my sins. I thought it was just kind of a magic formula. But my life didn't change and I was living a sinful life and doing what I wanted to do. And so I I would lay awake at night and think there's got to be something more to life than this. I had bought a new car. I had moved out of my house. I was living with my friends. I was going to the beach and surfing. I was doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. And yet I was empty inside and I thought, wow, I'm just not happy. What can I do to be happy? And I would pray, you know, will you please help me? And so um, one night I had been up all night long with a couple of my roommates, and we were at my boss's house, and we had been drinking all night. And we were coming back on a Sunday morning, and we were going to get change clothes, uh, not to go to church, to go to the beach. And so we were going to change clothes and then go to the beach all day. And uh, I took the corner too fast. And, and I had been drinking and I took the corner too fast on the road to my house. I had a brand new car that was probably at that point less than a month old. And it was a fast car and it, it I knew that I would probably end up getting into an accident because of my drinking. But I still just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Anyway, I took this corner too fast. I ran off the road. I came back on the road and whenever I did, I went into the lane of oncoming traffic and I hit a lady head on. So it was it was an awful collision. Um, I came to and I didn't know what was going on. And pretty soon there were people running around the car Uh, The fire department got there eventually. They had something called the Jaws of Life that they had to pry the car apart in order to get us out. And once they got us out, uh, they took us all to the hospital. So um, I had broken the steering wheel with my chest. Uh, The steering wheel split my lips in half. Um, The guy in the front seat hit the windshield. It dislocated his hip. Uh, It cut up his face. He still has really bad scarring today and walks with a limp. The guy in the back seat, my other roommate, it broke his back in two places uh, and ruptured his liver. Uh, The accident and the force was that strong. So as you can see, uh, nobody should have lived in that. And the lady that I hit, uh, she didn't do anything wrong. But she was probably the worse off than anybody, I mean physically. Her her damage was, it was bad. And so I was in the emergency room and I was laying on the table and uh, they were x-raying me and the policeman came in and, and he was filling out his report and uh, I was asking about my friends and he said, it, it doesn't look like your one friend is going to make it. They thought he was going to die. and. He said, I'm not going to charge you with the DUI, he said, I think you've got enough trouble. And so um, I I laid there in the hospital bed for a couple of days, the impact was so bad I I couldn't hardly move, just that was that sore. My mom had become a Christian probably about a year before that and she had begun to talk to me about Jesus. And I really didn't want to hear it. And she would call me and she would tell me about Jesus and she would invite me to church and I didn't want to go. And I didn't want to talk to her about Jesus. Why? Because I wanted to pursue my sin. And so she was there, my friends were not. That night, on a Sunday night, my friends all went out drinking again while three of us were in the hospital and one of us was expected to die. And I thought my friends really don't care about me, but my mom had given me a little plaque, and uh, and, and I had it on my dresser on my um, on my dresser, and it and it said this, it said I asked Jesus how much do you love me, and he said this much, and he stretched out his arms and he died, and I thought wow, you know I want somebody to love me like that. Because my friends kind of love me for what I do for them. And you know, they're not really good friends. Well, they all went back out drinking. My mom stayed there with me. My pastor, well, actually it was her pastor, came to visit me in the hospital. And, uh, and I had long hair, believe it or not. Uh, and I mean, long curly hair, in fact. And I had earrings. And, and so, you know, I look very different than I do now. And my lips were really fat because I had been in this accident. And and Pastor Hudson asked me, he said, Scott, he said, I'm really sorry about about your accident. He said, But if you would have died in that car wreck, where would you have gone? Would you have gone to heaven or would you have gone to hell? And I said, I would have gone to heaven. And he said, Why is that? And I said, Because my good deeds, I've got more good deeds than I do bad deeds and i think that god would let me in he looked at his watch and he said you know i've got another appointment and he got up and he left and i thought wait a second where are you going i want to hear more you know because i had been i had been thinking about these kind of questions in fact what had been happening up until that point is my mom had been talking to me about jesus and i had been aware of jesus and I knew that He wasn't pleased with me. In fact, I was trying to get into situations where I could sin and realizing He's watching me and He's not pleased with me. And so I was being convicted about my rebellion even before the accident. And so when the accident came and I almost died, boy, my whole world just kind of came crashing down. My car was totaled. My friend was about to die. I knew that I couldn't move back into the house because I couldn't pay rent in order to live there. And my whole world was just kind of crashing down. My mom invited me to go to church and I went to church with her and and I listened to a guy by the name of Bailey Smith. He was a he was a preacher. And and he and he he did something, he did an old testament passage, probably not the way that we would deal with it, but it was about an old testament character trying to get someone else's attention and he set his barley fields on fire. In other words, it, it was Joab and so uh, and, and, and uh, Absalom and he set his barley fields on fire, and he came and he said, "Why did you set my barley fields on fire because I was trying to get your attention?" and he said, "You know what if you don 't listen to God, God will set your he 'll burn your barley fields i don 't have any barley fields, but I knew what he was saying. I knew that he was saying that God would get my attention if I was ignoring him." Now, what God did at that point was He had my attention, and they gave an invitation that night to get, you know, to to basically repent of your sin and to trust in Jesus. And I didn't do that. I I, I held on to the pew in front of me, and I knew that my life was a wreck. But I knew that I wanted to continue doing what I was doing. And at the end, uh, they were finished singing and the pastor said, uh, okay, here's what I want you to do before you go. I want you to turn to the person standing next to you and I want you to tell that person, I know without a shadow of a doubt that if I die tonight on the way home in a car wreck, I know that I'll go to heaven. And I turned to the person next to me and I told him, I know that if I die tonight on the way home in a car wreck, I know that I'll go to heaven. And when I said it, I knew it was a lie. I knew I wouldn't go to heaven and I didn't want to be in another car wreck. And I went home and for two days I thought about my life and I thought about all the people that I had hurt and I thought about... God and how that I had sinned against Him and been a rebel and not want didn't want Him to tell me what to do and didn't want my mom telling me that I needed to give my life to Jesus. And I thought, I've messed my life up. And I went back to church and it was on April 27th of 1988 that God gave me the ability to turn or repent of my sin and to trust in Christ. And uh, you know what, I was broken and I just said, I, I've messed my life up, I, I want to give my life to Jesus. I was 24 years old and I gave my life to Christ I said, please change me, please forgive me, please take control of my life. And the most amazing thing happened, I didn't feel any different, but it was like I had a new reason to live, I had a, I had a new purpose. And the purpose was that I wanted to please Him. Now, what was weird was that my friends—they would want to hang out with me, but they would want me to drink, and I didn't want to drink anymore. I—I I, I cared about my friends, and I wanted to hang out with them, but they were trying to get me to hold alcohol, to hold a beer, and I'm like, I, I don't want to. I don't want that. I mean, I'm just—I just don't. And so they stopped inviting me places and and uh, they just kind of dumped me, they kind of dropped me, but I started going to my mom's church and I met new friends and they wanted to love Jesus too and they wanted to read the Bible and they wanted to grow spiritually and they had something that I didn't have previously. And it was joy, and it was peace, because before I would have to drink in order to have a good time. But you know what? I didn't have to do that anymore. And we laughed, and we had fun, and I was learning, and I was growing spiritually, and it was all because I had come to understand about Jesus, who He is, what He did, and how my life could be different. And that was the good news of the Gospel. So we started we started memorizing scripture together, and I had someone discipling me. And here is one of the first verses that I memorized. It was this. It was 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. That that totally described me. I mean, I was a new creature. It wasn't the same old Scott. Uh, I I looked the same on the outside, but I had new friends. I had a new purpose in life. I even had new language. Uh, I had new vocabulary. Uh, I I, I stopped using foul language. By God's grace, He just kind of took that away from me. And so I had a new peace. And you know what? I would go to bed at night and I was happy. I would have joy, and I would be grateful that God had saved me. You know why? Because He had forgiven me, and He had given me a purpose in life, and I had peace in life, which I didn't have before. And it was all because Jesus really became the center of my life. And it all made sense then, because now I knew what, the, what my purpose in life was. My purpose was to live to please Him. And so things just began to change. And I started, I, I started listening to sermons and reading my Bible. And, and a guy working for, at a truck company hired me. And I began to deliver truck parts as I was thinking about what I was going to do. And I would ride around and listen to preaching all day. And, and I was growing spiritually. And my, my pastor, Tommy Mallard, was giving me these, these things. You probably have never heard of them. They're called cassette tapes and it was of this pastor by the name of John MacArthur and so i would ride around and listen to John MacArthur sermon cassette tapes and i was listening to them and i was so my my pastor my 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 young adults pastor had about five of us that he was discipling, and he was kind of like a drug dealer, but he was giving us sermons instead of drugs. And he we'd come back, we we'd listen to them all, and we'd bring him back. You got any more? And he would give us more, and they and it was just pretty crazy. But we were all learning and growing and and somebody asked me to be a, a Sunday school teacher, and I'm like, A Sunday school teacher? I don't even know the difference between the old testament and the new testament. And they said it's okay okay. They gave me a MacArthur commentary. I don't remember what book. I think it was Hebrews. And they said, here, just read this and teach it. And so they shouldn't have done that, believe me, but they did. And so I'm studying and I'm trying to tell other people what I'm learning and I'm growing. And God was just doing this work in my heart and in my life because I was a new creation in Christ and everything everything was different. Was I perfect? No way. But I was different. I I wanted to please Jesus with my life. And I was in a community of people at church who wanted the same thing and we encouraged each other as we were growing spiritually. Does that make sense? So at that point, what happened was God began to call me into the ministry. And so, I left Jacksonville, Florida, and moved to Dallas, Texas in order to re-enroll in college. And I went to a Bible college called the Criswell College. And it was there that my roommate was a, was a young adults pastor, and he was telling me about this girl named Heather. And so I, I wanted, he wanted me to meet her. And so I went one, one, one Friday night for their, uh, for their young adults group, and I met Heather and asked her about it because she doesn't remember me meeting me, right, but I remember meeting her and then and then we started I started trying to get her to go out to eat after church on Sunday night, and she wouldn't do it and then one night one night she said she would go to chili's with us, and so there were four of us, and so we get into this uh, we go to sit down in this booth. And it was this guy named David, my friend David, and this other girl named Amy. And so uh, da- Heather slid in and David was a basketball player. And David went to slide in beside Heather and I boxed him out and slid in. I mean, it was really awkward. And she's like, what's the deal? What's going on? Uh, but, it, but that began our dating relationship. And, uh, and it was pretty amazing because David and Amy ended up getting married and Heather and I ended up getting married and so we left Dallas, texas we went to seminary in southern california we graduated from seminary god gave us a son troy and uh... troy was born three or four weeks before i graduated seminary we moved to chicago for me to pastor a church we were there for a year and then i moved to jacksonville florida in order to plant grace community church planted a church was there for almost fifteen years was a part, helped to start the Expositor Seminary, and then I started developing these allergic reactions, the stinging and biting insects, and the Lord moved us to Phoenix, and we've been here now for 11 years. Four sons, now two daughter-in-laws, and one granddaughter whose name is Gwen Melody Christmas. And so we're, we're grateful. are grateful. So that's just so. As I tell you, um, you know how fortunate you are and how blessed. It's just an amazing thing that God has put you in a church, a good church, that has good godly leaders around you. You have godly parents who want to see you grow spiritually, and they even pay for you to come to summer camp. So thank you for letting me be here to to tell you that what what God has done in my life. Now here's what I here's what I want to be able to tell you. <clears throat> It wouldn't have happened unless I heard the gospel. Do you know the gospel? If you had to go to a passage of scripture in the Bible that shared the gospel, where would you go? Would you know where to go? I wouldn't have known where to go. But let me show you where one of the clearest passages in is. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 1 through 4. This is what Paul writes to the church in Corinth. I'll wait for you to get there. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. All right, let me read it for us. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Now, as you look at verse number 1, Paul was reminding them about the Gospel. Do you see it there in verse 1? Now I make known to you, brethren, or brothers, the Gospel. The word Gospel means good news. He says, I'm reminding you about something that you already know. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing something up because he's getting to the point of talking about the resurrection of Jesus, but but I make known to you, brethren, the gospel. What is the gospel? It is a message, it is a story, it is it is historical facts about what happened to Jesus. It's the good news about what Jesus did and what Jesus offers. Paul says, the gospel which I preached to you, or I proclaimed to you, he says, I came there, I, just like I'm preaching now, Paul was preaching and explaining the gospel to them, he says, which also you received, in other words, you believe this message, you understood it, you believed it, you received it, in which you also stand, in other words, you're you're, you're holding on to it, you're, it's it's what you're all about you're about the gospel now he's obviously talking to Christians by which also you were saved what does it mean to be saved people said that this guy named Steve Whitcomb whenever I was first became a Christian he had he had a cross in his front yard that was made out of telephone poles it was huge and steve used to tell everybody the gospel and whenever you went in steve whitcomb's house in front of his recliner he had this red carpet that said jesus saves and so i first saw that and i thought saves what is it what does saves mean It, it means to be rescued it means to be delivered so that's what he's saying he's saying it's because of the gospel that you are saved you are rescued you are delivered from what from the wrath of God because of all of your rebellion because of all the times that I said things that I shouldn't have and thought things that I shouldn't have and did things that I shouldn't have been doing I was rescued through the good news of the gospel notice what he says there in verse number two if you hold fast the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. In other words, if it was like I did whenever I was 12, right? Heard the gospel, said I believed it, was baptized and didn't hold on to it, walked away from it, doesn't mean means that I wasn't saved. 16, rededicated, walked away from it means that I wasn't really saved. If you hold fast, Paul says, the word which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. Why? For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received. What did Paul deliver to them? What was it that they received? It was the gospel. And here it is. Three facts. You can underline them in your Bible if you would like. The first fact is that Christ died. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Do you know why Jesus died? It wasn't just to show you that He loved you. He died as a substitute. He died in the place of sinners. While He hung upon the cross, He took upon Himself the guilt of sinners. So in other words, all of my rebellion, everything that I'd already done, I'd earned the title sinner. He took all that penalty upon Himself and He bore the wrath of God the Father In my place. First fact of the gospel. Christ died for our sins. So if you want to know the gospel, you need to know that Jesus died for your sins. You might say, well, I believe that he died for other people. Okay, but did he die for yours? You say, well, how do I know if he died for mine? He died for sinners. Are you a sinner? Do you know that that you rebel against your parents, against God? Christ died for our sins and satisfied the righteousness of God. It's not something that just happened. It wasn't unexpected. Things didn't go wrong for Jesus. It was planned by God the Father and predicted in the Old Testament. So, fact number one is that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's fact number one. Just like the Old Testament foretold, Jesus died for sinners. Fact number 2 is in verse number 4 and that he was buried. Why do you think it why do you think it says that? Why would, why would you need to know he was buried? What does that mean? Yeah, Haven. That's exactly right. They don't bury living people, do they? No, they get him out. He's not dead, he's still breathing. They bury dead people. That's what that means. And that he was buried. The reason why he includes that is because it fir- confirms his death. It's proof that he died. The people who loved him took him down off the cross. They, they anointed his body with spices. By the way, do you know why they wrapped him up in spices, myrrh and aloe? Yeah, why? Yeah. Remember Lazarus? Uh, He says, Lord, it's been four days. He stinketh, I think King James says, right? He stinks. His body's decaying. That's what they did. They didn't embalm. They wrapped you up in spices to try to to cover some of the smell. So they anointed Him and wrapped Him in grave clothes and buried in a tomb. And if He was buried, that means that He really did die. In other words, He wasn't just sick. He really did die. So, He he hung on the cross, right, and died for our sins. He was buried. Here's the third fact, and that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. Jesus died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Fact number one, Jesus was buried. Fact number two, And in fact, number three, he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. God raised him from the dead. In other words, he stood up and walked around. His dead body had life again. That was not a new idea. That was not something that they didn't anticipate. It was predicted in the Old Testament. Psalm 16 and verse 10, "...For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, neither will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay." Jonah and the whale was a picture of what would happen with Jesus. He he would be raised from the dead three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. So that's the good news. You say, why is that good news? Why, why is that the gospel? Those three facts. Because Jesus died for sinners. That's me. Is it you? He died for sinners according to the scriptures. He was buried. They put him in the ground in the tomb, right? God raised him from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. So why is that good news? The good news is that God sent His Son to pay your penalty that you might be forgiven. God sent His Son to die in your place that you might have peace. God sent His Son to be your substitute so that you can have a relationship with God. You see, I was bumping around in life trying to be happy and had no clue that the reason I wasn't happy was because I didn't have a relationship with God. Jesus made all of that possible. So here's the question for you. Do you understand what it means to be a Christian? A Christian is not somebody who knows John 3.16. A Christian is not somebody who has more good deeds than they have bad deeds. A Christian is not someone who attends Northwest Community Church necessarily. A Christian is not necessarily someone who is raised in a Christian home. A Christian is a sinner who has come to understand the good news about Jesus. They've come to understand that Jesus died for sinners, that He was buried in a tomb, and that God raised Him from the dead on the third day. A Christian has heard that message, a Christian has accepted that message that God sent Jesus to die in his place and he has turned from his sin and is trusting in this crucified and resurrected Christ. And, and listen to this, you're clinging to that message as your only hope for forgiveness. You know why I'm going to heaven? Not because I'm a pastor. Not because I'm a granddad. I'm going to heaven because Jesus died for sinners like me, was buried in a tomb, and God raised him from the dead. That's the only reason I'm going to heaven. So when that pastor asked me, Scott, if you'd have died in that car wreck, would you have gone to heaven or hell? The right answer would have been, I would have gone to hell because I wasn't a Christian. I thought I was, but I wasn't. So my question to you is, do you understand the Gospel? Have you come to a place where you realized your need for the Gospel? And has it made a difference in the way that you've lived? And I'm not talking about just saying a prayer. I'm not talking about asking Jesus into your heart. I'm talking about that you understand that's what you want more than anything else in life is that you want Jesus because He died for your sins and rose again. That's the message that Paul preached to the Corinthians. That's the message that that Pastor Bailey Smith preached to me. That's the message that I'm preaching to you. And you need to understand that's the only way that your heart can be changed. It's all about what's in here. It's from God changing your heart. For anyone to be saved, you have to believe that same message. You must trust in that Jesus. Trust that he did those things for you. Okay? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for Thank you for saving sinners like me. Thank you that you didn't let me die in that car wreck because of my sin. Thank you that everybody lived through that car wreck. Thank You that You had my mom telling me about Jesus, and You had her pastor coming to tell me about Jesus, and You had a preacher tell me about Jesus. And thank You for helping me to understand and enabling me to repent and believe. And thank You for changing me from the inside out. I pray for every one of our students who are here today that they would understand the good news of the Gospel, that it's about Jesus, that He died for sinners, that He was buried, and that He was raised again on the third day according to the Scriptures. Father, may You give to them the ability to trust in Him and may it make a lasting change in their life. Thank You that You do that. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and for His sake. Amen.